Diddle Dum British Strongman Podcast, episode 51. So today we're going to, we're, we've had a bit of uh, positive, positive news regarding lockdown. We seem to have like uh, the roadmap uh, laid out to us, which, which seems good and we've got some hope. Um, so today I thought that it'd be good to talk about people who've a lot of, I've noticed a lot of people have um, have changed changed shape or got out of shape during lockdown. They might have put a bit of weight on, or they might have lost a bit of weight, or they might be less jacked or whatever. Um, so be thinking that there the could potentially be uh, hope and uh, comps on the horizon. Let's talk about how we how we'd recommend that people get back to the 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 fighting shape or the competition shape that they they want to be, Shane. So, what what would you say to what what would you say would be like you the most important thing to get get back into shape for competitions? Well, I think you've got to remember that in terms of like your tendon health and stuff like that. When if you well, I'm, I'm assuming we're talking about some people that haven't been able to do much training wise um since since the lockdown obviously it's been quite a while and your tendon strength and health kind of goes down they get a bit more like elastic as you're resting so what you don't want to do is jump in too heavy because you will cause yourself some kind of you know whether it be some tendon pain issue or a niggle whatever you want to call it so i think the most important thing is that first two weeks back, uh, making sure that, because I, I really believe, especially from the years of training I've done and the amount of breaks I've had to have here and there, that I really do believe that in eight to 10 weeks, you can take yourself to a, a high, high standard. It's kind of like the way I, why I train like I train now is I'm quite relaxed. It's more like if I miss a session, I miss a session. But if I decided to do something, I'd give myself eight to 10 weeks and I'd go ham. And I feel that's enough time to get yourself in fighting shape. But if you've been uh, minimally training for a couple of months, that first two weeks, the, the most important back. So I'd almost say to train each day and kind of feel like you've not done much um, is, is usually more than enough. Like just a couple of sets of move, you know, just moving on the first session, going through, you know, deep knee flexion on your squat and getting some good hinging on a deadlift and maybe doing a little bit of isolation here and there. Um, and then you'll, even if you feel like you've done nothing, you'll probably be really fucking sore. Um, and then you've just got to give yourself those first couple of sessions back to almost reintroduce your body to training again. And then you can start to pick up a little bit on week two, get yourself back to like 70% of what you usually do. And then come week three, you might be getting close to, back to your normal kind of training structure. But if you fuck those first two weeks up, you'll end up carrying a little niggle into week three and you'll probably push through because you haven't been training for so long. And then come week 10, you'll have some chronic fucking elbow issue or something, all stemming from cocking up the first two weeks back. So I think they're the most important to get right. Brilliant. Yeah, so so what, what I think so what have we got like five weeks or something now till twelfth of April till like potentially some people can get back to the gym, right? So so I think that obviously like I think most people listening to this are going to be keeping up with training just in some respect, but if if you aren't, like just look at the 
what you want to do when you get back to the gym, you want to be able to get back to your usual kind of lifting heavy, doing doing high percentage work or whatever, doing like basically loading yourself up with stuff that you've not been able to do over the last few months or whatever whilst you've been in lockdown. So what you want to do is be able to do that as soon as possible with as minimal risk to injury, not only injury, but recovery capacity as possible. Like um, if you're anything like me, like I, I don't like doms. I hate getting doms and um, I, it, it just frustrates me because it holds me back. I think about like, like I want to train, I want to train all the time. So I don't, I don't, I don't like to be sore because that, because I feel like it, it limits what I do in, in that session or whatever. Um, so what you, what you can be doing is, is kind of, now you've got that dangling carrot of like, say five weeks away when gyms open, you want to go heavy again. Like you, you can make a massive difference between now and then in terms of like, like, like Shane says about your, uh, your tendon health and kind of your likelihood to, to get doms and soreness and stuff like that. Like, if you if you do if you do like say I know, I know it's quite boring but like like even even like high rep squats and high rep knee flexion hip flexion high rep uh, high volume uh, hip hinging high volume pressing high vo- high volume pulling if you can if you can do like a little block now where you're kind of getting it getting them basically keeping it simple and, and going through all those different movement patterns. Um, and getting getting a pump on and working hard and getting to the point where you're actually having to like get get rid of the kind of phase of training where you get a load of doms now and build like a base that you can can recover from i think it's going to be hugely beneficial and you're going to be able to get back into like or almost like go straight back into like a strength block or whatever like you can go you know yeah, have- i think it'd be smart to do you kind of like like you say that kind of them kind of like introductory weeks get them out of the way now yeah ready to crack on as soon as you start because i may i i find it so beneficial like um doing like little phases or little two to four week blocks of that you know you know like say for instance like me doing the um you know like how i'm training for the world's medley at the minute yeah like there's no there's no pressure on going near comp weight there's no pressure on actually being fast yet like it's so far away but what what i can do rather than thinking oh well i don't need to train it because i'm um because it's like most of the year away what i can actually do now is do some like low pressure sessions where i'm just keeping it aerobic and keeping it easy i'm doing quite a lot of volume with like really really light but the focus is on like skill acquisition and getting my hand hand position right, getting to the point where I, I can recover, like um, where I'm thinking of doing like say 15, 20 sets of a sled drag in a session. And yeah, it's quite light, but session one, I feel like, fuck me, I feel like my legs legs aren't going to be able to function that for the next week. Session two feels okay. Session three, it feels like, feels like easy i can just train as normal after that so when it gets to the point where i need to scale the 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 things that i've got that kind of uh, really broad i 
keeping it dead simple we don't need to get scientific with it i just just call it like a, a specific recovery base um so basically i think people should think of the stuff that you want to push when you get back to the gym and um like say for instance you want to you've only had you've only been able to do uh, 120 kilo deadlifts at home and you you're a 300 kilo deadlifter you want to be going back into the gym pulling 250 260 270 for reps or whatever like you you can build up your kind of uh, hip hinge recovery recovery base massively now you know um like say doing like say high volume hip hinges hip thrusts glute bridges single leg rdls focus on your balance focus on like stuff where you're getting loads of uh just basically accumulating loads of volume doing loads of damage doing loads of of work that takes a couple of weeks to recover from but you're just going to be able to hit the ground running um, so Shane, what about, what about people who have like struggled with body composition a little bit? Like what would, what would you say to, to somebody who, um, well, you, you talk about what would you, what would you say to somebody who, who's like, say lost, lost weight and they feel like they've lost muscle mass and they feel like during lockdown, they've, they've lost five or six, seven kilos in, in muscle mass and the, the confidence is down and they want to get back to putting on some weight again. What, what would you, um, what would, what would your advice be to that kind of case study? It's one of those things where it's like, you know, like when you first hurt your back and you think to you like, cause everybody who strength trains will eventually at some point they'll hurt the back. And the first time it happens, you fucking panic and you think fucking hell, I'm losing the strength. It's going to take me forever. And sometimes the psychological side of it, you actually make it worse than what it is because you're so panicky because you never experienced it before. It's kind of like when you lose a lot of muscle, you think to yourself, it's going to take so fucking long to get it back. I can't believe it. and Panicky. But when you've had, you know, things crop up that have forced you to take breaks and you've lost tissue before, you realize that it comes back so quick. Like, and it's kind of a shit way I said it, but genuinely, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even worry, because four to five weeks back into training, you'll probably look and feel better than you did, you know, whenever it was you were last able to train, even if it was like six, seven months ago, whatever, when when you were last able to put some good structure together in, um, it just muscle memory is such a like true thing. You know, it, it just works so well. And people will just get back to, to where they were. So as hard as it is to accept psychologically, once you get back in the gym, you'll you'll be fine. And I actually had this conversation with Ash Broughton, who I trained the other day, because he's uh, not been able to train this lockdown much since um, December or whenever it was, you know, end of December. And um, he actually said to me, like, I'm not worried, Shane, because... Last time I couldn't train for like six months or whatever. And I felt like shit when I first came back. But then eight weeks later, we pulled 410 or something. He pulled a, pull, a PB in like eight to 10 weeks. So he's like, I'm not worried because I've experienced it. So I kind of know that it's not going to be that much of an issue. And everybody should be in that same boat realistically, even with strength. As long as you, like I said, if you only get the first couple of weeks right, you don't hurt yourself. You don't cause yourself anything you're dragging into the later training weeks. Your muscle mass 
your uh, strength will come back really quick. As long as you get on top of your diet, get your get your normal structure back with your nutrition, because I'm sure we've all been pretty shite with that during lockdown. Get get yourself back on the routine that you used to be in prior to lockdown. You know, get your normal breakfast in, your normal amount of meals that fit your day. Get back on that. Get training. You'll just blow up. You might even get past where you were before quicker than uh, quicker than you expect. It's not not unheard of to be, especially people who use pens. You know, people who use pens will blow up to bigger than they were before lockdown really quickly because of um, not using stuff and being so fresh to the compounds for a long while you'll just explode. So I wouldn't even worry about it, to be honest. Right. So let, let's talk about the, the nutrition side a little bit more in depth. So like, let, let's assume that some, well, let's be honest, like everybody listening to this, pretty much everybody, your routine is going to be, is going to be been thrown the last few months. So when routine goes out of the window, it's like a holistic cycle, isn't it? Training, nutrition, sleep, and like when 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 something when something gets upset in, in your routine, it can have a knock-on effect with everything else. So, like I know plenty of people who've like either lost quite a bit of weight or quite a lot of people who've put on some lockdown podge or whatever. Um, so let let's finish off talking briefly about um, some like nutrition pillars. Without getting too scientific, let's keep it layman's terms. What kind of um, nutrition pillars would we uh, would we give to people? Um, like what 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 do you generally eat, Shane? What do you to 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 maintain? What are you ninety five ish or something? Yeah, I usually sit around ninety five is the most common. So what so what what do you like? Say you're wanting to maintain that weight but you wanted to say work towards your 170 log or 170 plus log, what will your nutrition look like ideally? So I have a really boring day because with my nutrition, um, I like to be a bit of a robot and eat similar stuff every day um, because I feel like, I don't know, I kind of find what I feel good on, what sits well, what doesn't bloat me. Like basically I go off training like, I'm not this weird. I'm not really too fussed that much actually after training, but like my, my breakfast and my pre-training meal are always the same because I always feel good in the gym. Like I hate it when I have something new and it bloats me or something and I just don't feel as good in the gym. So my diet's very, very simple to be honest. So the, my breakfast is always two bagels with four bacon medallions and four eggs. And it works out. And sometimes I have a bit of hollandaise sauce and I turn it into like a... Uh, eggs better than it. <laughs> but that works out usually roughly 100 carbs 30 fat 70 80 protein so and it's about a thousand calories so i have a big meal for breakfast that's how i like to do it first meal a day is my biggest meal apart from my tea two big meals a day second meal i should have a microwave pot of gold which is basically chicken rice and veg in a little microwavable ready meal thing really handy to have in the freezer that's about 500 calories. And then I will usually go train. So I train with about 15, 600 calories in me. And then I have another pot of gold after training, puts me at 2000 calories. 
And then if I'm maintaining weight, I'll tend to have a tea or dinner that's about 1,000 to 1,500 calories. So it puts me at 3,000 to 3,500. And my tea is the only meal that's like whatever Shannon makes. You know, it's usually got, it's usually pretty healthy because she doesn't cook shite, but it kind of varies every day. If I'm trying to gain weight, I literally do the exact same thing apart from, apart from all uh, adding a meal before bed. So I'll usually have something before bed that adds about five, 600 calories. So it puts me up in about 4,000 range. So it's really simple. And my diet between like my diet between losing, maintaining and gaining is very similar. So to lose weight, I'll eat the same thing as maintaining, but I'll cut out a bagel, two eggs and two bacons, which drops me about 500 calories. And then I'm in a deficit. It's like the most simple thing in the world. I snack, I do snack on a few bits here and there. So any snacks will usually be frozen fruit frozen blueberries stuff like that They're quite low calorie so i don't even really uh, count them when i talk about my diet but i do try and get micronutrient style snacks in frozen blueberries are my goal to usually have a bowl of frozen blueberries a day i'd like to sit there with frozen blueberries and eat them while i watch tv randomly they're quite nice if you never had frozen blueberries that crunchy it's just better than fucking crisps or whatever isn't it? And yeah, that's that's it really. Um, so, how, how many calories roughly to make, like for your maintenance? About three, three to three and a half. I never, I never eat a set calories a day. It will vary. So, but three to three and a half, I'll always yeah. maintain. Four, I'll always be chipping away, gaining, and three to two and a half will be a steady, a steady loss. And what, like, how much um, do you have? Like, do you have macro targets or not? I have. Well, the way I do roughly. my diets is a protein target. Yeah. And then I don't track my carbs or fats will just be, they kind of fall in place naturally um, as to how I feel. You know, like I, I don't, I used to have quite a low fat diet, but I found that I had energy dips and fluctuations where I'd have a spike of energy and I crash. Whereas if I have a little bit less carbs, a little more fat, I'm quite stable throughout the day. And I just kind of figured that out over time. Yeah. Uh, and also I've worked with nutritionists here and there that have tried different diets with me that I've stuck to. And I've kind of found when I've done certain things, I feel a certain way and kind of just found what makes me feel the best. Cause I think with dieting for performance, I really do believe it's all about how you feel and your energy levels and stuff. Yeah. So even if I'm in a calorie deficit, if I am quite stable with my energy and I can train hard, I maintain or gain strength. Whereas, yeah. I could be on a similar calorie diet, but feel lethargic. And then I get weaker because I'm just not training very hard. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I I think people listening should, rather than thinking, because I'll explain what I do. And it's um, quite, well, similar in a lot of ways, but very different in, uh, in others. Um, and the point is, like, you feel good and you make progress. I feel good and I make progress. And I think, people fall into the trap of uh, trying to follow somebody else's ideal diet, if that makes sense. They'll yeah. like, uh, go on Google and they'll try, oh, I'm going to try this diet, or I'm going to try intermittent fasting, or I'm going to try uh, tracking my macros, I'm going to try whatever, all these different kind of things. But I, th I think just like, just like training, you've got to kind of, and I'm not sitting on the fence here with advice, so like I, I, I'm, I'm just saying that you have, like everybody is unique and you've got to fit, you've got to find what fits in with your, your structure. And, and like you, like you say, Shane, how you feel 
as well. Like a bit big difference for me is like I I don't eat breakfast. I rip like I never eat breakfast. Um, I feel like if I eat breakfast, like I, my my energy levels like. Yeah, I actually I am exactly the same. I say breakfast, but it's not at the time of which you probably. Put it put it this way, right? I I you when I train, I usually train, um, and I and I haven't eaten. I usually train early afternoon off an empty stomach, and I just just haven't eaten. That's why, um, fact, like, don't get me wrong, like everybody's different, but like I I do, I do find it funny when people say about like um, uh, they they're doing their fasted cardio and stuff like that, and I just think. Fuck me, that's how I like. I train every day, like. Yeah, I'm a big fan of intermittent fasting because I have my well, I'll, I'll have my first meal, my breakfast, I call it, after this podcast. Right. So it's not. So I don't. I don't. I got up at ten today, so I've had a couple. Well, I had two coffees. I'm a second coffee, and I find if I eat breakfast when I first wake up, yeah. I don't know about, I don't know about you, but I'm fucking starving like an hour later, and I don't know why. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. 100%. Whereas if I wait two hours or something like that until I'm hungry and want to eat instead of yeah. just eating it for the sake of it, then I can eat it and I'll stay full for fucking ages and I feel good. Whereas I get this energy crash and I read into it once because they call it like post-breakfast hunger because it's one of the benefits that people uh, talk about with intermittent fasting. Yeah. Avoid letting you... Uh, I can't remember the exact science. It's something like they said that your hormone levels are everywhere and by giving it an hour or two to settle, you're less likely to get the spikes in insulin and stuff, which will then set off your, your, you know, your leptin and ghrelin or whatever that make you hungry. And I tried it once and I was like, Oh, it worked. And it was that proper drastic. And then that's why if I'm struggling to gain weight, I'll put my breakfast earlier because it makes me hungry an hour later and then eat another meal. Yeah. So for me personally, I've always, I've not, I've never, I've never been one of them guys that needs thousands and thousands of calories. It's piss for me to overeat, like really easy for me to overeat. Yeah. So I do the stuff that I do the stuff that keeps me satiated instead of the things that make me eat more because I don't really need to eat more to be honest. Yeah. So in, in terms of uh, calories, I'll do, uh, I'll have like a similar thing to Shane. I usually around 95-ish, I'm like 92.5 at the minute. Um, but I've been eating just under 3,000 calories. Uh, do you track Josh? Well, I phase it. Some, some, if, if, I'm, if I've like kind of gone out, I, I like to be within the window of 92 to 95. If I go past 95, say I go up to 96, I got up to 98 over Christmas 99 and then I start start tracking to get to get that count of a layer of accountability basically yeah. to basically right well get me into 2700 2800 for a little while get me into that the window where I feel better and I feel so much better at, like now at like 92 95ish or whatever yeah I like I track probably I track for about 2 or 3 weeks in a row probably every couple of months i never sustain it for a while to the point where i feel like everything i'm tracking i'm kind of i'm, I'm kind of making myself you know what i mean like when i weigh my oats out i'm guessing and then i check and i'm like right i'm right now yeah 
and I get to the point where I'm thinking if I don't track, I'm probably going to be a hundred calories above or below. Yeah, that, that's it. That that's what's good about like, like I would encourage. I don't encourage anybody to track all the time because I think you you build an unhealthy relationship with food and stuff. But I do think it's got value in like say doing what you what you say, Shane. You know, like say one one to two weeks every couple of months because what you can do is is like when you're hungry and you're making your meals, right? There's an emotional kind of effect what's happening you're hungry so you're kind of making your like you're pouring your oats out Shane when you're hungry and you just say oh I'll have, I'll have a bit more there and it might be you might realistically subconsciously think oh it's about 60 70 80 grams or whatever you you might be pouring 120 130 out yeah, yeah. or a bit bit of honey on and you think it's fat five to ten grams it might be four, 30 40 grams or peanut butter or whatever like it's it's so so easy to be swayed by uh, emotion um so when you go back to tracking and and just weighing stuff it, it it just reteaches you the oh shit this is what my portion should be to match my current goal like my portion size should be actually this that's 80 grams of pasta or whatever um so it's like a nice little reminder for you and then when you obviously get in feeling close to your goal then you can kind of t- take the layer out and uh, and just go back to estimating a little bit does that make sense yeah and i think as well while well, i touch on this subject so sometimes when i've spoke to people that i coach about tracking and stuff for some reason in strongman it's kind of like seeing that i don't know i really i really think the dietary habits in strongman are just really like I think people just have a bad relationship with food and they're always looking at different special diets. Like to me, the strongman scene is really similar to like female fitness, body health things where they sell juice, juice plus and all this shite because no, it's very rare in strongman that people just have a balanced, sustainable diet. People are always looking for some crazy performance based diet to increase the strength. Like the vertical diet went mad and, uh, at the moment, I've had people message me because I don't know if you're a YouTube follower, Josh, but Brian Shaw has been uh, posting a lot of uh, YouTube videos about his transformation that he's making um, at the moment. And he uses Nathan Payton for his nutrition, who I imagine is a very clever guy. I'd love to fucking chat to him because he obviously knows what he's talking about. But the diet that he has Brian Shaw on is... Obviously, it must fit Brian, but it's it's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, he's he's eating like bison and rice for breakfast, you know. And um, some people will then think, oh, I have to eat meat and rice to be, you know, this, you know, for breakfast. And it's like, well, why why can't he have some something he enjoys? The controller doesn't want to eat bison and rice. And then there was another meal he was eating that he made on his last video where he had all this cod, yeah, um, with some caramel rice cakes on the side and some blueberries and covering them in vinegar and I'm just thinking like it's not the most sustainable diet in the world to eat dry cod with vinegar on some rice cakes and like it doesn't even make a meal it's just like a concoction where and then but the problem is people see that and they think right Brian Shaw eats like this so I need to eat like this and um 
it's so common in strongman that I've got like these novices or amateurs, whatever yeah, you want to call ju- them. And they're just trying to they're just trying to follow like a the a fad or somebody else or somebody else they like and yeah, and it just becomes a similar thing where I'm like, no, it's really not right. You should, you know, you can't sustain cod and vinegar for fucking years. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if you do, you will get an eating disorder. You will turn into somebody who thinks. Because I've yeah. seen it. I'm sure you've seen it as well, where people associate a certain food with gains and another food with bad. I will get fat. And yeah, you, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, that. like the vertical diet, people are like, if I don't eat mince and rice you know, I will get fat. Whereas if I eat mince and rice, I'm going to get jacked. And it's like, well, no, it's not the way it well, that, That's it. Like, like I, I'm a good example of why, why you've, you've just got to fit, find what fits, fits your structure, something sustainable that you can keep up with. Like, cause a big thing for me was a stop, a stop. I haven't eaten any meat at all for, I think two years now. And, um, and I've met, obviously I've made a lot of progress in the gym since then and progressed all my lifts and stuff, which I don't like talking about because I don't like people to think that that's the re- that I'm claiming that that's the reason. Like some people say to me, oh, do you feel better uh, since you stopped eating meat? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, no, I just I feel like the same as I think I would if I still ate chicken and stuff like that like yeah like you don't know you just feel good (laughs) yeah exactly i just feel good it's not it's like not the magic diet that's made a difference it's actually getting all the other bits of the puzzle together and being consistent and finding a a thing that's sustainable with uh, nutrition training sleep recovery or the whole kind of package rather than thinking oh should I be trying this because so-and-so, so-and-so does it? Like For me, a, a nice change for me was I ate, I ate oats for breakfast for years, like literally years. I just had oats with a scoop of whey. Became like a robot. Like at breakfast, it was just like made oats, put whey in it. And uh, when I first started working with me, but the thing is with the oats, right, I didn't realise this. Well, I should have because it's like obvious, but I didn't feel good on them. I, I just did it for so long that I thought I felt normal, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, like you'd think you'd realise that you didn't feel good in them, but because I just did it for so long, I didn't actually know what feeling good was. And Yuris put me on bagels, and uh, this is about three years ago now, and I've still got an Insta story highlight called Bagel Shreds because he just made me eat fucking about 400 bagels a day. But when I swapped the oats for bagels, although it's like similar macronutrients, you know, carbohydrate wise and whatnot, I felt so much better on them because they just digested better. Like I didn't get, oats made me bloated and uh, the whey protein as well made me bloated. So when you make this meal of whey and oats, I didn't feel good on it. Yeah. I know it's a really common meal though, that works for 90% of people. It's fucking well common. But for me, I was just eating it as routine. And when I swapped to bagels, my energy levels felt better. I was less bloated. I didn't feel like I was going to shit myself fucking 10 minutes later. Yeah. um, My training started going better because, you know, my guts felt healthy. You know what, what, Shane? This is is a a brilliant example of why people need to find what works then because, uh, like, I've had exactly the same thing, but the other way around, like, since I, I used to feel like you did off oats and whey when I was eating bread all the time and I used to have toast and uh, 
stuff like that. And then I, I've gone the other way and I've gone to um, eat more oats now and porridge and stuff. And I feel great and digestion is, uh, is so much better. And the point is, is like we're both right. And yeah, it's like, like, so like how can how could we prescribe to a client you have to go and eat this? Like that. That's what I also see the issue is a good nutritionist will say to a client, "What do you what do you react best to? Yeah, what makes you feel good? What? Like, yeah, but the the issue I see there is I don't think people know, hmm. and they'll tell the nutritionist, "Oh, this." Like I'd have told someone oats. And I said, well, I eat oats every day. That's what, I, that's what I'm good with. And then they'd give me oats. You know what I mean? And I think people need to realise you need to experiment with your food a little bit. Like, try oats, try bagels, you know, try fucking cutting your meat protein sources down and, you know, eating a little bit more protein from dairy or whatever and um, your carbohydrate source. Try pasta, try rice, try potato, try sweet potato and see which you feel best on and then you can start to build a diet in my opinion that's much better for performance because like i said to me the key is not knowing you're in a deficit not knowing you're in a surplus not knowing you're in maintenance just feeling good because then if you're in a deficit you'll lose the weight you're aiming for but you'll still go in the gym buzzing and training hard and getting better at your sport. If you go in the gym lightheaded and fucking like, like the amount of times people come in like, oh, I'm in a deficit. That's why I'm like this, boys. I'm in a deficit. It's yeah. like, well, you're doing your deficit wrong if you're in the gym feeling like you're going to go sleep. Like, shouldn't be that bad. Yeah. So, so to wrap up, like, we're, I suppose um, we're both saying the same thing what we say about training, that we say, say about every, anything that you want to be successful with. Like be consistent, be consistent with something, do something for a week, like eat the same stuff, like eat the same, same like kind of calories and macros for a week or whatever from the, from the similar sources, assess how you feel. Do you feel good? Are you getting a little bit closer towards your goal? Right. We'll do another, do another week at that. Yeah. Assess after the second week. Like, is that, is that helping you towards your goal? No, I'm not losing any weight. Right. Well, can we can we strip back a hundred calories? Can we take out whatever forty grams of carbs from there? Can we take? Oh no, I felt felt a bit shit off that. Right. Well, can we put those back in and strip back from uh, fats a little bit, um, and and just pl play around like? But the only way that you're going to find out what's what's unique, what what works best for you, is by being consistent and then assessing um, be, being consistent for a period of what seven to 10, 14 days or whatever. And then, then like give yourself an honest appraisal. Like, is it working for you? Why, why don't you try, um, try a different amount of meals per day? Why don't you try loading your food, food in the evening? Why don't you try eating more in the morning? Like play, play around and see, see what makes you like Shane says that that's a brilliant thing from this conversation that I've got. Like is there's what Shane just said about, there's no excuse to feel, to feel shit. Like if, if, if you're not feeling good, like even if you're in a deficit or whatever, there's so many variables that you can kind of play around with to, to make you feel a little bit better. Um, yeah. Great. Yeah. Like one of the key ones to me was sparking a load of food 
before training uh, and making it predominantly carb-based. So Uris used to get me, and this is something that I still do today on certain days where, like, say I've under it or something or I feel a bit flat or I can tell going into... Say I'm training at four and at one o'clock I can tell, like, oh, I'm a bit low on energy today. This is when I'll do this still. Um, is he'd have me have, like, uh, two two bagels with jam on um, about an hour or so before the gym. And for me, it sits really well. It's about 120 carbs. About 30 of that is from the jam, so fast acting, and about 80 or so is from the bagels. And eat, and it's probably about 500 or so calories. So it's not that huge a chunk out of like 3,000, 3,500. But even if I was in a deficit, if I had that meal an hour before training – I get a good pump. I feel good. Um, I don't start going lightheaded or anything. I'm not bloated. I don't feel like, oh, I've just ate before the gym. For me, that little thing there just works class. And whether and I can apply that no matter what my calories are doing, surplus, maintenance, deficit. If I want to feel good in the gym and I do that, for me, yeah, they sit well, they digest well. And so I'm always feeling class. We don't need to go, I'm in a deficit now. So I'm going to not eat anything pre-training. I'm going to, you know, spread it out over the day. No, spread it out where it makes you feel good. Like if you need something pre-training, have something pre-training. If that makes you feel like shit, have a bigger meal a couple of hours even further before that and find out what makes you go in the gym and just want to sling tin. Because if you find that, then your strength training will keep progressing. Yeah. I uh, I do that, Shane, with... Um occasionally you know if it, you know like sometimes i go lightheaded on log yeah if i feel like that's happened and it might happen in the next session like just before i'm going to train heavy log again i'll go where uh, i'll i'll do that with with oats and i'll just have like um some um like a little bit of uh porridge and honey say 60 grams and a bit of 10 grams of honey or something and that uh, generally makes me feel uh, a little bit better and but without feel without that thing that you hit the nail on the head with about feeling bloated and that you've eaten or whatever and feeling full before training so so the, it's, the, just, the, it's the, just a it's just a game in it you got to figure it out for yourself and one day you'll just eat some it before you train and, and the problem people have is they don't click you need to you need to click you need to if you eat some before you train you have a great session instead of going oh, i had a fucking brilliant session today and then forgetting about everything you did up to it think well what did i eat before what, what was my routine you know yeah. maybe i've accidentally done a perfect routine for me i didn't even know and then you can try it again and if it works consistently you fucking cracked it yeah so be consistent and be mindful and reflect on what you do and what works and, um, and repeat. Peace out.